0: Hello, everybody. How are you doing today? You are locked into Life vs. Work here on LocalJobNetwork.com radio. I'm your host, Tim Muma. Now, the purpose of Life vs. Work is really to examine the aspects of our lives that impact us or maybe are affected by businesses and employment. Now, one subject that continues to come up in our discussions is the idea of age discrimination, both for current employees and maybe even more so those mature workers looking to land a new position. Our guest will look to help those experienced individuals understand the aspects of age discrimination and hopefully assist them in their fight against those concerns. Joining us from Washington, D.C. is Carrie Hannon, a contributing editor for Forbes magazine and the AARP's jobs expert. Carrie, a pleasure to have you on with us today.
1: Uh, Tim, it's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me.
0: Now, obviously, I mentioned just a little bit of a couple of things you uh, contribute to, but uh, could you briefly describe a little bit of the work you've done or are doing in relation to this topic of age discrimination?
1: Well, absolutely, Tim. I am been. I write a column for AARP. Tell great jobs for. It was initially great jobs for retirees, now it's just kind of great jobs for, for people over 50, and I have a new book out called Great Jobs for Everyone 50 Plus, finding work that keeps you happy and healthy and pays the bills, but I've spent the last, um, I would say, at least a decade interviewing workers over 50 who are in transition with their careers, either going on to a second act to do something completely different, or people who have been struggling actually to stay in the job market because of the downsizing and layoffs that we've had in recent years.
0: Obviously, you're the right person to talk with this kind of stuff. So uh, most people, when they talk about age discrimination, they say, yeah, it it is a reality. It is what it is, so to speak. Not that it's fair, but it it exists. But based on your research, your experience, some of the things you just talked about, I mean, has it really become a, a bigger issue in recent years?
1: Well you know it, it actually has, and, and I, I believe you know it's, it's been part of the fabric of, of our society and our work world for for a long time, but, but what has happened, Tim is is we are and you 've heard all these demographics, but it's true we are living longer, healthier lives, and so as a whole we're staying you know people are staying in the workforce longer than than they once did, and in addition to that, since we're living longer there's a, this really true fear of outliving our money. And so people, uh, workers want to stay working as long as they possibly can so they don't have to start dipping into those retirement accounts and so on. Mm-hmm. So I think we see this whole movement of people staying in the workforce. And what has happened is those that were laid off during, say, 2008 and that period when when the job market started to go a little haywire in the economy on us. It's been really hard to get their traction to get back in, and they have this need to be in the workforce. A lot of it's financial. Some of it is for the mental engagement, but they're having trouble getting back in the door again once they've been, you know, they've left the track from their primary employer uh, due to a layoff or what have you. So I hear it all the time, They, you know, taking a couple of years to to actually land a full time gig again, mm-hmm. it's it's as if they see you know uh, the person who's interviewing them, the hiring manager, kind of is looking at them and seeing their their expiration date. Um, <laughs> so I've heard I've heard people say that, and it, and it's kind of daunting and uncomfortable, and it's not something that is verbalized. It's just a feeling.
0: Now, are there any sort of numbers that maybe show this? Uh, you know, the percentage of people that are. Out of work that that are you know the 50 plus sort of range where, as you mentioned, a lot of jobs getting cut you know a few years ago and um, you know limited number of jobs. You have an, an older maybe group that are looking for work. Um, I mean, are there numbers to back up sort of what's going on?
1: Yeah, I, you know there are. I apologize for not having them right in front of me, but I think that there's clearly um, the Department of Labor has some statistics that that come out each month and and consistently the last few years. It's that segment of the population that people, yes, there's, when they have a job, they're staying there longer, but those that are over 50 and have, um, you know, been out of the workforce, it's just taking, you know, a year at least or more to get back in again where it used to be, you know, for a younger worker it's closer to nine months or or, or along those those lines. Okay. And we're also seeing an increase in the um number of you know when we talk about age discrimination actually you know the lawsuits have been increasing the number of people who are filing for them but but again uh, it's just that's something that slowly you're seeing more of but I think the fact that it just that the numbers do hold out that that it takes a longer time once you've been out to get back in
0: let's jump into maybe some of the details with what happens there I, mean, I guess overall what are some of the concerns that employers say they have about maybe hiring or keeping someone who is 50 years of age or older?
1: The big ones here are probably the biggest one is health. There's this idea that an older worker is going to have health issues and they'll lose time at work because of them. Uh, So that's that's a big Issue that does or they may be um, expensive to keep in the sense of of carrying their health insurance mm-hmm. uh, the second thing that that I hear a lot and and I think is quite a concern is that they feel that the older worker doesn 't have the tech skills that they 're just not nimble enough and they 're not keeping up with all the rapid changes in technology that are just critical to be you know have your have you know be on the pulse of in the workplace. And and the third thing is that that there's sort of a sense that that older workers don't want they're not resilient you know they <laughs> they're they're set in their ways they're right. like I, you know I, this is how I've always done it and it works and this is how I'm going to keep doing it and so it's not um, there's this sort of this is how it's done mentality and I think that those are the three factors that come into play and of course there's some other subtler ones I'm sure but those will be the main ones that you tend to hear.
0: Now, clearly, there are plenty of mature employees that are, you know, obviously working as we speak. But there's also that idea of of there being discrimination in some ways. There, I mean, what what sort of things have you come across or seen or heard in terms of you know age discrimination in the workplace?
1: Well, it's again, you know, it's a hard thing to get a beat on. But but what what I hear a lot is that workers, an older worker, it feels as if they're passed over for a promotion sure. again and again. <laughs> you know, and it's and it gets really frustrating because you're like, hey, you know what? Well, I'm right here. I can do this job. but But they'll hire somebody in who's perhaps younger than you to do the job that you would have felt you would have been the one in line to take the job. But they've hired somebody younger than you to do it. Or, you know, or they won't. They're not giving you an opportunity to expand your skills, to go into a new direction, to switch departments even, or, you know, do those kinds of things that would let you to continue moving up the career ladder. It's almost as if you're stuck. And so they're not saying, hey, you know, go away, but they're saying, we're not giving you a lot of new opportunity here, so maybe you might be more comfortable going elsewhere.
0: I think, as you mentioned before, sort of that, you know, expiration date, they see the... possibly a younger employee being able to be in that position and and keep moving forward um, as they have, in theory, more years left before them. Now, how about Sort of protecting yourself if you are a, a worker that's, you know, say 50 plus, um, in terms of maybe being able to prove your value, uh, you know, regardless of age, maybe little things, uh, trying to stay active with the technology or dressing a certain way. I mean, are there any things that you can sort of do to maybe limit any effects that an employer might see that come with the territory that at least they're perceived stereotypes of, of an older worker?
1: Absolutely. I think you've, you've hit a couple of them right in your. Your comments there, Tim. The number one thing I tell people is stay physically fit. Hmm. I mean, you need to exude this vibrant, energetic being. I mean, I'm not saying that you have to, you know, uh, dye your hair and have botox (laughs) treatments or whatever it may be, but if you are physically fit, and I'm not saying you got to go run a a mile super fast or any of that sort of thing, but if you have a sense of feeling fit and looking fit, you Say to your employer, hey, I've got energy. And you just can't help but exude that sort of positive energy, just kind of flows naturally from you. And and you in the subtle message is, hey, I'm up for the job. I can do this job. I'm on top of things. So I think it's really one of those most important things is is being physically fit. I also think, as you mentioned, this technology issue is sort of Mm non-negotiable. There's absolutely no way you can be in the workplace today and not be comfortable with all the kinds of things you need to be doing on on the computer, even social media. Um, I feel very strongly that if you're in the workplace or if you're trying to get a new job, you've got to be on LinkedIn. You've got to have your profile up there. Be active. um, Twitter, Facebook, these are things that you really need to get familiar with. So technology is important. If you're not uh, confident about it, um, I I love to just reach out to somebody younger than you and ask them (laughs) for help. Because I mean, I find I often turn to my 14 year old niece for help. (laughs) Yeah, why not? I know what they're doing. (laughs) Why not? You know if you got a question, ask somebody, and you know what people love to help, and they will take the time and patience to work you through it and so sometimes you the technology's not going to come as quickly to us, but I certainly think there's no reason you can't do it. It just might take a little bit longer, so be patient, but stay on top of it. The other key thing is if you're in if you have your job and you' comfort you know you you're okay you're not looking but still, in order to stay valuable employee keep your skills for whatever your position is current. Mm-hmm. So if you need to add a new certificate for something, con- consider taking a community college course, take an online class. If there's something that can just continue to, I'm a big believer in lifelong learning and continuing to ramp up your skills all the time. And maybe your employer will pay for that because uh, there is a program, uh, obviously, that, uh, tuition assistance from employers, many offer that. That's a real nice benefit to you, so you can check with your HR department about that. But if it's related to your job, they'll often cover your tuition for you, um, and that's just a wonderful thing. And so, I think if you can do that, and look if they're posting or advertising for jobs similar to yours, if your employer is or those in your industry, look at what the you know the credentials are that they're saying are requirements for the job, and if you don't have one of those, make sure you get it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I mean, those are just some some ways that you can just stay a pace of what's going on because things change very quickly but the, the cool thing is that there is a there's great opportunity for continuing education today that doesn't cost a fortune
0: now if we look to the side of uh, you know the mature worker who is actually looking for a job you know again it might have been a layoff situation or whatever are there any specific parts of the job search that really seem to be the most difficult to get by I mean my first thought was the interview because you have the obvious visual component a colleague of mine though brought up, hey, on a resume, if it says 20 years experience or you have these long periods of years. I mean, I, I guess, what are the challenges there and, and how do you sort of address that, that type of thing?
1: Yeah, I think that that's really important to know um, when you're in the job market that there's, your age is going to, you can't really hide from your age, sure. but you don't have to advertise it either. <laughs> um, I think that there are ways that you can, subtly build on on I mean people they want to know that you 're experienced, but what is going to get you a job today? experience doesn 't land you the job it 's your skills, so you need to really highlight your skills, you need to tell it in a narrative fashion, a story, so to speak, so you need to have a way to explain to uh, employers that you've you know the division you 're responsible responsible for increased sales you know twenty percent last quarter, or you know tell stories about your your accomplishments and not so much saying well i worked at this company this company and this company because people you know as it goes back you definitely um they're interested but they're not all that interested in who all you've worked for they they're mostly interested in what you can bring to the table to solve their problem today so mm-hmm. be careful i don't i don't put dates on my own stuff but sure. people could certainly find it out if they want to right. i tend to stick to just the last couple of uh years of of my work experience and and highlight those things and and you want to we talked about um appearance is is really important i mean when you're going in for that interview, I always err on the side of dressing conservatively, but you should be current so make sure you clean out those you know don't show up in your nineteen eighty suit for something you know <laughs> make sure you've got something that's that's relatively current and and hip and classic looking though. If you know anyone who works at the company, find out what the attire is. How does the person who is interviewing you dress? And people often like to sort of this subtle flattery. Um, So those are are just some things. But I think that there's, um, you know, you really need to pay attention to, again, that vibrant appearance. And if you need new eyeglasses or something like that, do those little things. But. The point is your resume needs to be very simple, not fancy schmancy. It needs to be in a word format that's easily viewed on computers. And, um, you know, I'm not big on putting any personal information, such Mm -hmm. as, you know, you're married with three kids or you have all these college tuitions to pay or anything. So, you know, really stick to... Uh, stories sell you know numbers statistics uh, to get people's attention uh but but i hope that that's helpful to people because i think it's people really grapple with there's boomers um tend to think you can hand somebody your resume and they get it you know we're not really good at bragging on ourselves but frankly uh most people don't uh they spend about you know 20 seconds looking at your resume. They're really, it's really how you sell your story yourself. So you can't be bashful. You have to brag on yourself. And um, if you want that interview, pick up the phone. I mean, don't rely on emails or, or sending things resumes blindly uh, uh-huh. on the computer. It's, it's really sh- uh, getting, getting somebody on the phone. It's, and the final thing, and we, I know you want to talk about this in, in a second, but you know, it, it's really networking the right. the biggest skill that you can have is networking to get a job.
0: Well, you mentioned that you know maybe if you're in between jobs or you know um you know I've read different reports of people saying hey I'm gonna have to work essentially till it's it's time to move on from this planet. Um, <laughs> yeah. What sort of advice do you have there in terms of? Uh, again, if you're not working, some way to still present yourself that you have value because you're going to be putting out those resumes or talking to people? I mean, are there little things you can do to, to make sure that you're you're proving yourself to a prospective employer?
1: Now, that's a great question. And and it's one that, that I think people absolutely have to pay attention to this because it's so easy to get caught up just sitting there, in today 's world, you know uh, applying online for jobs or thinking that uh, the world 's going to come to you right. with a job um, and and it also it can be really isolating and depressing, I think <laughs> after a while when you 're not getting anywhere, so I say, get out of the house, you know go volunteer. It it is just unbelievably great. If you can just find something that you feel strongly about, passionate about, or something that interests you, if you can volunteer, moonlight, apprentice at something. But volunteering is a great way to get involved in something. It actually feels good to do it. And whether you're going to go work for that Particular, you may not go work for that nonprofit or what have you, but you never know who you're going to meet, mm-hmm. and you know so and so knows so and so knows so and so, and all it does is it's expanding your network in addition it's keeping your resume alive and so it says hey i've been doing this i've been i was a you know i was doing fundraising for so and so i was the project manager for this at such and such a nonprofit and you can rephrase it and make it a story make it part of who you are and that you're active the other thing you can do is um in today's economy uh, particular for for 50 plus workers contract work and consulting work is really the name of the game okay. employers don't want they want people to they don't want to pay your health benefits in your retirement right. <laughs> so um, they really have turned a lot to using part-time and um, I don't like the word temporary I call it contract workers consulting bill it as you will go for it if you have an opportunity to do that it's a win for everybody because it keeps your resume alive again you're get your networking you don't know who you're going to meet there it could very possibly grow into a full-time position for you. And at the very least, it just shows that, that you're involved, you're out there, and it adds something, something else to your, to your resume and perhaps even your skill set if you're lucky. And I think those are things that, that individuals, you've you got to pay attention to and don't you know, say, I don't want to do this job because it's not a full-time thing. Mm-hmm. You know, do it. Do it. You know anything you can do. The other, the other thing is, especially in terms of, I think we, you know, if you're thinking about industries that might be hiring today, um, or where there might be opportunities. One segment. I mean, there are two that I kind of just alluded to right now: is the nonprofit world, and then small businesses. And a small business person might not be able to have, say, if you have great financial skills, if they don't. They might not be able to employ a bookkeeper full-time, but sure. they could bring somebody in for once, you know, a week, a month to just do books, do bill paying, do payroll. Excellent. Do it. You know, there's opportunities there. And, again, as the company grows, you may find yourself in a full-time position there.
0: Now, when it comes to the interview, you mentioned, obviously, a little bit of the, the visual component, just being fit, being up on trends, that sort of thing. Um, but one thing I had seen that you had mentioned is this idea of maybe trying to answer age-related questions. Now, for anyone who doesn't know, they can't come out and ask you your age or, or try to, you know, blatantly come up with that answer. But, you know, maybe it's something they ask about the new technology or, you know, feeling about working with younger or recent graduates or at your energy level, you know, so, sort of questions that are, are trying to gauge that. I mean, is there a way to handle those and, and answer them in a way that's going to put you in a positive light?
1: I don't think you, as we were saying before, you can't ignore it. You can't um, not answer the question. But one great way, I mean, if there is some concern, particularly about the piece of working with somebody who's younger than you or Mm -hmm. perhaps even reporting to someone who's younger than you that happens over and over again these days, you need to, to say, hey, you know, I absolutely have always loved mentoring and it's one of the things that I've enjoyed working with and, and bringing people along who have worked for me and um, I've also, you know, I've always enjoyed that relationship and I'm not adverse to the idea of being mentored by somebody who's younger than me because I know I have some things to learn and I look forward to having those opportunities as well. But you want to show that you're a real team player, that, you're, that you bring the experience, but you certainly value the enthusiasm of a younger worker so and i think there's room for both in the workplace but there are ways to to highlight your experience and you always go into these interviews with a bit of um i like to say some swagger i mean you need to think you know you got to say hey you know I uh, I really do know this. I really but do your homework so you really know what that company or that employer's needs are today because they are hiring you as I said before to solve a problem that they have. So you have to approach it like you're the consultant that they've hired even at the interview stage and, and address it like a professional as you're the expert and you're you're in there to to approach it from that. So it kind of helps you shift your attitude to feel that you are in a more powerful position than somebody who's seeking, you're actually someone whose advice is being sought.
0: You use the term swagger when you're talking about, you know, individuals sort of 50 plus. You don't normally hear that unless it's like a celebrity or a former athlete or something. <laughs> so that'll definitely make you stand out if you can go into the interview with a, a little swag, as the young kids like yeah, to say. You uh,
1: got it. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: you know, as we look to wrap things up a little bit, I mean, what, what sort of final tips or advice would you offer, uh, you know, both for the mature worker who, who is employed But also for the individuals who are still looking for employment, I mean, do you have some sort of, you know, umbrella statement or or really a philosophy that you could just offer up as a sort of a takeaway from this piece?
1: You know, I think the most important thing, Tim, is, is to network and to really brainstorm with people, ask for help, always, even when you're in the job and you're currently working, never miss an opportunity to expand your network and to just stay, you know, the more people you know in this world, the more things that can add to your own repertoire. And I think often we don't, and if you're looking for a job, often we don't know exactly what is going to be the right fit for us or exactly where an opportunity is going to turn up. So the more people you can reach out to, and I'm not saying you're asking people for favors necessarily. It's just talking to them about what jobs they do. And, and if you don't know what your skills are, a lot of us don't even recognize what we're really good at. But at this age, we take a lot of it for, for granted. So you might ask around. I, I sort of informally like the idea of asking colleagues or friends or relatives, you know, what is it that you think I'm good at? Because often hmm. they come back and they tell you things that you don't even recognize is something that you're really good at because you, you've done it for so long. And they'll say, you know, you've always loved doing this and you're really good at you know, at, at doing this particular thing. Have you considered? And then you know, it just opens up a way of thinking and broadens your approach. And so I think I, I really believe that, that it's networking is the key. It's who you know that gets you a job. And, and it really is more important than ever to expand your network whenever possible.
0: Well, Carrie, you know, thanks a lot for adding your insights into this area of age discrimination, and, and really some ways that mature workers and job seekers can uh, try to rise above any resistance they might face, or or get past those uh, those stereotypes. As you mentioned, the more people you know, the better they know you. Um, you know, age won't be as much of a factor, I would think. So, uh, Carrie, where can people find out more about you and uh, also about your book, "Great Jobs for Everyone Fifty Plus"?
1: Well, great, thanks for asking. Um, my website is CarrieHannon.com, which is K. E R R Y H A N N O N dot com. So that's my main website, and my new book is Great Jobs for Everyone 50 Plus. And you can find that, a link to that, it's at book, uh, booksellers nationwide and on Amazon, and I have a link to it from my website. And those are probably the, the best places to find me.
0: All right, great. Well, thanks again. We definitely appreciate your time, Carrie. Thank you, Tim. That again is our expert guest, Carrie Hannon, uh, again bringing her experience to the table for us today. That will do it for us on Life versus Work. Feel free to send us an email at ljanradio at localjobnetwork.com if you have any comments or suggestions for any of our programs here on localjobnetwork.com radio. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Yuma. Take care, everybody.